have not become a patron of the geocache talk network what are you waiting for patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at three dollars a month the sign up is easy simply go to the geocache talk website and click on the become a patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk patrons now get the famous blackout coin invites to special events and other really great items throughout the year become a patron today have you subscribed to ftf magazine yet FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Hello and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. You can watch the show live on the first Sunday of each month, and you can feel free to jump over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room, or listen to the show and later on your favorite podcast player. Yeah, and our chat is already really active tonight. And in this mm -hmm. episode, we'll be taking a look at caches to watch for when planning for big events like Geo Woodstock or a visit to HQ. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize and later on and we'll also highlight some of the challenge caches you found and someone will win our monthly giveaway and we are your hosts emily and jeff from cash the line hello what's new with you well cash fest i'm kind of still on a cash fest <laughs> high wasn't that oh, so amazing so oh, yeah. not only did Jeff and I get to meet in person for the first time, but you know, we met so many of you. It was fabulous, just fabulous. I even said yesterday, I'm so glad that there's some more geocaching events, big ones that so many of you are going to this summer because I want to see you all again. And I'm going to see mm -hmm. so many of you again this summer, which is going to be great. Yeah, we'll talk I, more I, about got... Cash Fest later. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've got two events coming up as well that a lot of people might be to. There was uh, West Bend 
uh, Cash Bash, yeah. I think it's called. That yeah, uh-huh. people were at. There's just so many events. Finally, again, all over the place that everybody's it's, getting to. It's, it's amazing. Like, These are our. If people only we could get to all of them. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I can't get to Geo Woodstock, but I will be in Seattle, so we'll be talking about some uh, planning for some of those upcoming big events. So yeah, I'm yeah. coming off my uh, Cash Fest high, or maybe I should say, try not to lose my Cash Fest high, <laughs> and um, but. As soon as I got back from Cash Fest, I got to participate in one of uh, the coin challenges that are so um, popular here in Oregon. So the movie Stand By Me was filmed in Brownsville, Oregon. And every summer they have a Stand By Me day. And this year, um, one of the a geocacher, a local geocacher was on the planning committee and convinced them to do a coin challenge. So got to go do a Stand By Me themed coin challenge, which was very what was, fun. What was involved? with that challenge so it's um they built into it three adventure labs so five 15 lab stages all with a theme of around the movie and the bonus caches as well as i believe it was eight traditional caches that you had to find all had a, an awesome theme from the movie so there was a treehouse cache there was Vern's jars of pennies okay cash for kids i almost took all the pennies i was like score and i was like wait 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 this is a theme so i left all the pennies and Vern's penny jar cache so that's just a thing that almost happened um a, a blueberry pie cache you know so many themes from the movie a cache with leeches all over it was so disgusting but it was an amazing themed day um a, a a challenge i think it's still going on as long as they have coins left so people could come and do it Ooh, yeah look for that one <laughs> yeah it was fun how about nice. you jeff what have you been up to uh looking back over cash fest and i still haven't logged all the caches i've found oh wow <laughs> i still have to log them well you kept um, going after cash fest you went another week into another mega yeah, there was a, a long road trip from Ontario all the way down through West Virginia, South Carolina, and then west through Nashville to Memphis for Cash Fest, and then up through Indiana to Ohio for Midwest Geobash. It was a two, just over two-week road trip. It was fantastic. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so many caches to log. I think I, I, under 200, but there were also Adventure Labs, and you know, I'm I'm I like to advocate for people to log meaningfully, not just like TFTC or thanks. Uh, yeah, we found it, and uh, no problems here. You know, simple things. I like I like to you know explain a little more about the experience and what I liked or what was happening. You know, make it something yeah. fun to read. Yeah, try that. So it takes Absolutely. a little extra time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in that. But camp. um, yeah, but uh, the <laughs> the first target cache that I found on that trip was an absolute essential because it was a challenge qualifier and it was, uh, I forget what month it was placed in, but it was the last one that I needed to complete the California Fizzy GC 11E8N. And uh, yeah, that's a a well-known Fizzy. If you don't know it yet, that's the one where you've got to complete a full grid of difficulty terrain combinations, but with geocaches all published and only published before April 6th, 2007. And day by day, month by month, year by year, it gets harder and harder because right. if those oldies get archived, then it gets harder and harder to find a DT for that particular, or, or a cache for that particular DT spot. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough challenge to finish, but 
finally found the last one and there will be a video for that one because oh it was a doozy (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah those oldies man they could be like one terrain and you're bushwhacking hiking in half a day you know it's just it could be insane some of those oldies but yeah different times back then different yeah the experience the fun you get with Mm -hmm. it and the 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 um the accomplishment the success you get at the end it's worth it (laughs) great fun the, the only other challenge that I'm still intensely working on, we just had a few new ones published in Ontario for completing a fizzy with caches found only within specific months. So July, thankfully, I only had one difficulty terrain combo to find in July to complete that challenge. But August, now this month for this next trip, I've got uh, what I think another eight DTs and some more than one each to complete an August fizzy. So that's a high priority. <laughs> that's cool. I hope the trip oh. will help. Yeah, yeah. And Vince just said, now, Jeff, you need to loop that original fizzy. <laughs> We're going to get to that later today. <laughs> later tonight. There's a, a, good, uh, a good way to help with that. Some interesting stats as well. Cool. Um, but yeah, so if you have, if you're listening and you have any... Uh, uh, challenge caching questions, big or small, or accomplishments, then please do email us at challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. It helps inspire us, and we might share the story as well uh, for people who want to place caches as well as qualify for them, whether they're near or far. <laughs> so every episode, we like to update the statistics about challenge caches as found on Project GC. They provide a little bit of a a block on their website that gives us some technical, kind of technical stats about uh, challenge caches uh, on their website. So according to Project GC, as of August 7th this evening, we have 8,187 active scripts which is up 145 from last month, which is an increase. These are the scripts that handle all of the challenge algorithms, the checker algorithms across the board. We've got 42,143 unique challenges. So these are the individual types of challenges. There might, there might be 10 of the identical challenge, but 10 caches around the world. So these are the unique challenges, which is up 338 from last month. And 52,110 active tags, and these are basically the unique checkers by GC code, which is up from 492 in individual um, GCs. Now, that includes archived and olds and all that stuff. Uh, so, if you were just to look at active challenge caches worldwide, that's by the attribute search, the challenge cache attribute. We have 34,597, which is up another 196 from last month. So they're still going up. They're still going up. All right. I don't think I don't think they'll ever go down. It would take archivals to outweigh publishes. I guess it could be possible, but we don't want to see that. We don't, we want, don't want to see want that. To see that. <laughs> don't archive your challenge trails. <laughs> People want to do them. That's right. We do have a couple of corrections from last month. Um, so we were talking about uh, the fourth Jasmer, and I know I keep getting the, the uh, months, the month, and the country mixed up for the fourth one. But it is actually in fin- in Sweden, not Finland. <laughs> it's in Sweden. <laughs> Don't mess up the correction. <laughs> <laughs> and it's August two thousand to get the fourth Jasmer loop. So there's only four caches active placed in August of 2000, and the fourth one is in Sweden. The other three are in the United States. So if you want to get four j- Jasmers, 
that's where you got to go. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad. Mm. No problem. It's not a hard <laughs> one to find, as far as I recall, either. It's just you got to get to Sweden. Got to get to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other correction from last month, um, we were looking at souvenirs on the uh, on your geocaching profile and had sorting enabled. And I keep forgetting this every time. <laughs> there are browser add-ons that make using the geocaching website a little easier. And uh, I, I keep having them enabled. So when we, whenever we show geocaches on the video, if you're watching, um, I often forget to disable those add-ons. And one of those add-ons allows sorting of the souvenirs, which is not currently by default available on your geocaching profile. So, right. Minor correction. But if you are interested in those add-ons, we have them linked in the show notes for the uh, for past shows. So you can check that out and find them uh, to make all of your challenge caching uh, and just general geocaching using the website a little easier with some nice tools. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a couple of news items as well. One I thought was really interesting, posted into the, uh, the geocaching forums by Hugh. He decided to share some stats about completing a fizzy grid, similar to the California fizzy, well, basically the California fizzy, showing the number of geocaches that exist placed before April 6, 2007. And so you can see basically how many potential loops you could do with that date restriction. And I think the smallest number is 31 of a difficulty terrain five, three and a half. So it's still, it's not too hard to complete the California fizzy. It might just take some travel. Right. But the more interesting stat was the oldest possible DT grid. So basically, oh. if you were to find the oldest active DT in the world for every DT and complete your oldest possible DT fizzy grid, the, the youngest, uh, I guess you could call it the youngest one, is um, GC4B8A Spiring, which uh, I don't remember which DT that is. Um, April 10th, 2002. Uh, let's see. That April 10th? No, oh, I can't. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> basically, yes, April 10th, 2002 is the latest date that you could complete the oldest <laughs> fizzy <laughs> if that makes sense That's it's great. a great stat though it's yeah it's intriguing that I, I love stats people i love people coming up with stats i would have never thought of before that's that's a fun one yeah looks like it's uh, the four and a half two and a half so that's the oldest active four and a half two and a half placed april 9th 2002 that's the last one you'd need to get to complete that that uh, that particular challenge, which obviously would not be able to be published today. Right. <laughs> we also have uh, an accomplishment to highlight from Liz Downey. If you know who Liz Downey is, uh, it, it's it's a couple. They do some very extreme geocaching, and they have quite a number of finds. But they just recently passed five thousand terrain one difficult uh terrain one finds they do a whole lot of paddle caching and i mean do you mean you just terrain that five column. finds terrain fives did yes. i say difficulty fives you said terrain one. <laughs> oh, ter whoa <laughs> terrain fives yes over five thousand terrain five awesome. geocache finds and Very awesome to everyone's knowledge they are legitimate they do a whole lot of paddling uh traveling around 
And yeah, it's just, uh, it's, that's quite the accomplishment. That's great. I mean, it, that, and and that's a see. lot of fun. That's a history of a lot of fun they've had. Oh, definitely. And, and how weighted that DT grid is over to the high terrains. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> and uh, Vince so, is saying in the chat that they're in their 70s. And yes. that is not stopping them. <laughs> that's right. There's no stopping age. That's the thing. That's the best thing about this hobby. Do it young, old, all of that. Get started when you're young, but mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then just keep going. <laughs> That's right. So congrats, Liz Downey. So yes, Cash Fest is over. We're looking back and just kind of seeing what it was all like and just letting everything sink in. And uh, so if we, we could do a little bit of a, a recap for those of you who didn't quite make it to Cash Fest, uh, what what we did at least, what the Challenge Talk, what the Challenge Academy did um, for that mega event. And uh, yeah, like we, we, we essentially wanted to bring the idea and the concept of Challenge Caches to the community. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who might attend the mega who are beginners or who have never heard of a Challenge Cache. And uh, so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to um, to encourage this, this mentality of accomplishing goals. Cause we, you know, we always, we cover things, we cover challenge caches, but we also cover, um, other things like, uh, completing personal goals and, uh, things that are unchallenges, mm -hmm. um, things that may not necessarily be challenge cash related either. It's just, it's like goal completion. So that was kind of what we wanted to provide with the challenge Academy portion of cash fest. And, uh, so we created a number of uh, passports, three passports. One of them, which seemed like you guys really, really picked it up. We loved doing it. Was uh, the the pre-event uh, Geo Trail passport? Yeah, we had so many of those turned in. There were four different <laughs> trails on those, and people were doing any given, you know, one or more of the trails. So the trails spoke to different people who had different. Um, abilities of completing them and i loved seeing you guys come in tell us about the fun you had getting ready for cash fest how those trails pumped you up so that was that was really great to see how many people participated ahead of time yeah and it's it's amazing how many people love like photo scavenger hunts yeah <laughs> it was so hard to keep track of uh, all the photos you shared with that challenge academy hashtag <laughs> it was a lot of photos. It was. <laughs> and uh, I think we, we mentioned as well, there was another geocache to, uh, to find out west that had a similar challenge, uh, an older, a pre-moratorium challenge that was to, I think it was 30, 30 photos you had to take and publish to, or post as a note on the, the cache listing in order to qualify for that challenge. You know, People love these photo mm -hmm. scavenger hunts, mm -hmm. but that was just one trail, one of the four trails. The other three were accomplishing relatively common uh, um, statistical accomplishments. Nothing too extreme, but uh, in the hopes of like perhaps getting you to take a look at your statistics that you may not have done before and, uh, and aim for that goal. But that was for two months leading up to the event. And then at the event, we had the other two passports. One was kind of your typical social bingo card, find somebody who's done this and that and, and complete your goal, complete your bingo grid. 
Right. And what we tried to do with that bingo grid was make it challenge themed, you know? So one of them was find a person who never found a challenge cache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and amazingly, <laughs> that was a really hard one to find. So that means a lot of people are challenge caching. And um, it also meant when we found the uh, teenager who had never done it, we sent most people his way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, also thanks to Pizza Ninja who helped with the uh, tracking mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, sca- photo scavenger hunts, <laughs> photos <laughs> on social media. That yeah. was a whole lot of work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the third trail, uh, uh, the third passport was something for people to complete at the event. Uh, we called it the adventure passport where it's essentially the same kind of thing as adventures. You're going to locations and answering a question about that location. In this case, it was writing down the answer on your passport so you could bring it in. And uh, so it was more of a get outside and find stuff. Uh, right. And highlighting our awesome Shelby Farms mm-hmm. event location, which was so vast. I certainly didn't see a fraction of it. Um, mm-hmm. So we hoped mm-hmm. that that passport would get everyone out and seeing the highlights of Shelby Farms. Yeah. And yeah, we had so many, we had prizes to give away for people who brought yeah, in their passports. we gave away so many, so many prizes. We had to go to plan B on prizes even. Uh-huh. Um, but that was fun. It was amazing to have so much participation. Yeah. And we love your feedback. We loved hearing, uh, like meeting you and hearing your comments about what you enjoyed or what you thought could have been better. We like to hear that because if we do it again, we want to do it better. It can always be done better. Yeah. But um, no, like feedback that we got was just great. Yeah, you guys were you so and, uh, gracious and uh, um, too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, Emily is having a little bit of a technical problem with internet, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So that was yeah, that was a lot of fun, and uh, and then we had our challenge session, so our challenge academy session where mm-hmm. we got to sit down with you guys with everybody who was in attendance uh the room was packed and we just kind of held a live challenge talk broadcast in a way although it was an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) it was you know trying to uh talk to anyone in the room who might be brand new clear up to a lot of your smiling faces um a lot of you in the chat were there and and so that was really interesting to talk to you guys live, to see your faces, see your reactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. much different than the night here on Challenge Talk. <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's not even saying what the other academies were doing. They did a fantastic job as well. We had the Gadget Talk Academy or the Gadget Academy uh, building, the, uh, building a gadget cache by hand with instruction. It was a paid thing, so you have to pay to get the package because there's a lot of physical parts that you've got to put together. But uh, like, again, the feedback from that was was fantastic. I and... felt so accomplished by building that <laughs> gadget. It was amazing. <laughs> I still have to build mine. Oh, no. I, I missed my session. I couldn't get to the session, but I got yeah, the package. Yeah, we had trouble getting there. Home. Yeah, I was, I was glad to make it to the session. You yeah. Guys oh, yeah, because everybody, busy. like for for the academy for the challenge everybody came right at the beginning of the day so it was lineups and we were trying to get through everybody and uh, check everybody's passports spinning the challenge wheel and uh yeah it was just super busy for that for for the most of the first half of the day yeah it was just pretty insane and then the puzzle academy as well they had their session they were talking about puzzles and uh, there were puzzles in the uh, the package if you bought the vip package um and uh, so 
Another good tip, if you're going to a mega event, check to see if they've got uh, packages to buy because for one, it helps support the event mm -hmm. and two, you get some really cool stuff. I mean, the the uh, the package we got for Cash Fest was just filled with geocoins and and path tags and stickers, and it was just like you you can't pass up that opportunity. I can and, never pass up the VIP package of any event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I personally I like when there's VIP parking at Mega. Events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had that too, and there's been some fun uh, videos come out. We had a, a Bob Billy parking <laughs> video. You guys got to check that out. Yep. Yeah. Cash tails, yep. So overall, the Cash Fest in Memphis, especially with all of the surrounding events, was just a wonderful, excellent uh, event in Memphis. And uh, yeah, looking back, there's a whole lot of memories made. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And now but, we're looking uh, forward to the next two giant events that... Um, we're attending and so many of you are as well. So we wanted to talk about what can we do? What can you I mean? You might have your plan set, but maybe there's some room to add some stuff to your plans to help you accomplish some uh, challenges, accomplish some uh, statistic, meeting statistics. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so we're going to talk through that, both based on uh, Geo Woodstock and the HQ celebration. Yeah. So we, we often talk about, I think we've had a couple of episodes talking about uh, planning for road trips and mm -hmm. seeking out challenge qualifiers. And uh, so with these two events coming up, it's a good opportunity to, uh, to go over some of those types of challenge qualifiers to consider uh, for, for these locations and some specific rare ones that you might not want to miss if you are in attendance. And uh, so if we look over to BC with British Columbia, we've got Ge uh, the Geo Woodstock coming up in Abbotsford in BC. And uh, they have been working, uh, what's a good phrase? Hands over feet, head, head over tails, <laughs> something like that. To working plan out, hard, yeah. Yeah, to plan out a giga event. It is no small feat. That's, if you don't know, mega event is up to 500 approximately in attendance and a giga event is up to 5,000 or more in attendance and thousands of people coming through one location throughout a day or a couple of days is still a whole lot to handle and providing an event, um, organi organizing, partnering with tourism and all that stuff. It's, it's a lot of work. And uh, so the Geo Woodstock is now, I believe, this, the second giga event in north america correct um and uh i mean that and that's huge in and of itself mm -hmm. and it has been delayed it was supposed to be in 2020 and it got delayed and it got delayed it was 2020 yeah it was 2020 yeah it was 2020 and um <laughs> two years this is all two years into one summer pretty much um so that's coming up on saturday and so that's that's less than a week away yeah, and but so the, many people are on the road, heading there, mm -hmm. getting ready to head out. It's exciting to see everyone's uh, travels that they're on. Yeah, so there are a, a number of uh, specific geocaches and things to look for if you are heading to BC for Geo Woodstock, and um, you know we can all, we can always say, yeah, look for the oldies, look for high favorites. You know these are pretty standard fare if you're. Uh, trying to take advantage of a new location that you're caching at. But one of the things that I think is really cool in uh, in BC, there is a 
GeoArt of challenge caches. Love it. <laughs> it's Kelowna's challenge bear. And it's it's literally wow. a geoart of a bear, 100 challenge caches, and these are all lined up uh, along, basically on roadsides in the foothills, just northwest of Kelowna. And uh, the the puzzle, they're all I think the locations are all available in the listings, so it's not hard to do. But um, oh, I can't look at the. Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, you can look at the uh, the map itself. But um, uh, just loading it up here. Let's go to the browse map. Here we go. And yeah, you can just see it's like all along these roads. It's all dirt roads, from what I hear. There's another GeoArt <laughs> run, Casher run. Love that. Love running that. away from the bear. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this is one to look for. You, yeah, you can see it just there at the original uh, locations uh, just outside of Colonia. It's about four hours northeast of uh, Abbotsford. So it's about a four-hour drive to get there. And it could be an all-day uh, <laughs> adventure if you're going to do that. Yeah, it But that's like challenge it. caches. <laughs> that's great. That's and, great. And <laughs> I, I don't think they're all that hard. Um, they're like not ridiculously hard. I mean, there could be some variations, but I mean, it's intended to be a challenge bear, <laughs> but that's one to look for, uh, if you have the time for it. Right. Of course you can't miss up BC's first cache, the oldest active geocache in BC. And that's GC one DD tree hugger BC's first cache. <laughs> it's too difficulty, two and a half terrain. And it really isn't all that difficult to get to. It's in a, a little foresty area and uh, just off a trail, not too hard. There's a little bit of a climb for some hills. But it's just outside of the um, Victoria Airport. So, you know, if you're in the area in Vancouver, that's an absolute essential to find. Awesome. Because there, there are challenges for finding the oldest cache in... X number of regions or, or whatnot. So that's states and provinces, countries, that sort of thing. So you don't want to miss the one in BC. And we got a few people in the chat saying they're, it's on the plan. They're getting it done this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this should help forming the itineraries. Another one, we've got one that I think has shown up in a few videos, perhaps, but Doctor Who FCB5, FC, FVCB5. Published in May 2022, it is unofficially, arguably, <laughs> the <laughs> largest cache in BC. It is a TARDIS. That's so and, cool. I mean, I don't, you can't pass up a TARDIS. <laughs> but it, it's, it's on somebody's property. It's there with permission. Mm -hmm. You can park right beside it. And if we view the gallery, you can see that it is a TARDIS that somebody has built. And, you know, they say unofficially the largest in BC. It could be. I think there's a large ammo can. Most regions have a large ammo can mm -hmm. <laughs> that you can step in. But uh, that's one you probably don't want to miss either. It looks like it's, it's basically a closet that you can walk in. So it's not like um, that very famous TARDIS that, has, that you're playing uh, Simon. It's not Simon Says. What is it called again? That game with the colors that you got to hit. <laughs> 
It's just and, called uh, Simon, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. And uh, so, yeah, don't want to miss that one. That's GC1DD Tree Hugger. No, not that's the wrong one. Not GC9QX5E Doctor Who. It is a letterbox as well. <laughs> uh, then as well. Oh, yes. There is now also what you don't want to miss. Get it on the list. GeoTour. Uh, let's do this. And GT4 I love Geo Tours. C8. They yeah. highlight the best of the best locations. Yep. And, I will and this travel one is, for Geo Tours. Yeah. It's being promoted with, uh, with Geo Woodstock, and it's recently published. But um, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10 caches. No, at least 10. Uh, 11, 12, 13, yeah, however many. Those, that number of caches. <laughs> <laughs> um, in and around Abbotsford. So if you're there for Geo Woodstock... You'll want to find these because there is a geocoin as well. There is a passport, and the website is also linked, so you can uh, do all of that. Fairly standard fare for a geo tour, and it's got 34 favorites already. So, uh, so make sure you get those caches on your itinerary for someday. I'm sure you, this one looks like it's not so super far and wide that it couldn't be completed within even maybe half a day. It looks like. So, if you can do that, go for it. Looks fun. 15 caches, says Butterfly Girl. <laughs> cool. That is very doable. Yep. So, and there, if you have any other caches that you think should be added to uh, to the BC Geowoodstock itinerary, then uh, then let us know. Uh, we can add those to the show notes as well. Yeah, let us know what you guys are up to, what you guys consider a must-do for British Columbia. <laughs> but a week later... We're done with BC and heading just a few hours south because it's 2022. It's 22 years after the first geocache was placed. And so we're celebrating 20 years of geocaching, 22 <laughs> years later. <laughs> At geocaching headquarters. Finally, we're getting our 20-year celebration right. at, uh, at HQ. And they've been doing a whole lot of work. I'm not sure what the attendance count on their event is, but it's just, it's through the roof. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so they're, they've got the headquarters being open for visitors. Uh, you do have to book a time because obviously there's going to be a whole lot of people. Um, but that's, I guess, is pretty much the very first one absolutely essential if you're in Seattle, if you're heading to HQ. is Right. Well, Go to head headquarters. To HQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, and they're, Go ahead. I was going to say, they're known for their giant trunk geocache. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think I understand that if you're visiting during this event time, it, it won't be exactly the same kind of experience. Um, it's not going to be in their lobby that has a lot of tech and things on display and such. But still, you'll get to experience the giant trunk and going through that uh, massive logbook and um, have that part of your experience. Yeah, if you visit uh, visit the HQ cache, um, it gives links to how to um, schedule. Excuse me, to schedule a visit because you need to schedule a visit to the the uh, visitors center. And with the with the event happening next week, you also have to schedule a time to sign the the cache. I believe that's how they're working it. So you can visit the visitor center. Uh, and then you can also 
find the actual physical cache at HQ. Um, see if I can find it here. So ge geocaching HQ is uh, GCK25B. And uh, yeah, it's from 2004. And... You can see all the information, all the requirements. You can book a 30-minute time slot uh, to reserve for visiting the uh, the office, the visitor center, uh, and given. Uh, you can book your appointment. Yes, so you must reserve a different type of time slot slot in order to visit the visitor center during this time, which is. Uh, these two weeks, the busy weeks, so August 15th to 19th and 22 to 26. It is free, but you have to book those slots. That's right. And so even if you're not making it out for this mega celebration, this is uh, available to do highly. If you go to Seattle, you've got to go to headquarters. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's highly suggested. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you're there off season <laughs> is it ever off season for geocaching <laughs> <laughs> off busy season then it'll be a lot easier to get in to chat with people and and all of that it's right. just super busy but i mean you can't avoid that if you're coming for a major yeah. event right yeah but there are a whole bunch of other uh essential caches to visit uh around hq during this time one of them of course very very famous mission nine Tunnel of Light. It is the one of two remaining active ape caches. This is a special icon, and as a quick review, the ape caches were a partnership uh, between geocaching and uh, I can't remember the studio, but the movie studio behind Planet of the Apes. So they did a little promotional partnership and hid uh, uh, how 13. many geocaches were there? I can't remember. Uh, around the world. Caches. Uh -huh. 13, right. Uh, and they were around the world. And all of them, have they, they had things like uh, elements, um, assets from the movie set. And so for, for first to find prizes, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a number of things to uh, to discover. And most of, the vast majority of them, except for two, have been archived. There are some tribute caches as well. But it's either Seattle or Brazil. Right. So this is another, you got to hit it up in that area if you can. Yep. Kind of cash. And they run a mega event every year, essentially, <laughs> for people who want to, uh, to enjoy the hike out to Mission 9. This year, because of all of the activity and uh, pandemic stuff, they decided to shift. Uh, or, oh, it wasn't pandemic. It was construction or something. Uh, in any case, the mega event had to be moved to September a month later. So you can still find the ape cache and a lot yeah, of people are going to be doing that when they visit yep. HQ. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, if you want to do the mega event as well, then it'll be September. Right. So this is, um, let's see, east of Seattle. And it's going to be about a six mile round trip walk or bike ride, however you do it, um, through a two mile long former train tunnel. So it's quite the experience. And while you're there, there's a cache inside the tunnel. You'll definitely want to check that out. It's, um, there's no service, <laughs> no GPS service, mm -hmm. but you know, there's ways to get it done. And then and it's dark. 
it's so dark it's so great <laughs> and um also when you get out of the tunnel there is a very old cache called iron horse and it was hidden in october of 2000 and so you want to um you want to plan your trip not only you know know what you're in for and make sure you're capable of the walk or the bike ride but um plan for those extra caches too yeah, you yep. can see there, um, you can almost see that straight line on the map um, between the entrance of the tunnel. Yeah, yep. so the entrance. Where there's an earth cache, correct. Iron horse speleothems. That's mm -hmm. that's inside the tunnel. And there's a cache inside the tunnel. Bloody mm -hmm. fingers, dirty diapers. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's at least one in the tunnel. And yeah, those I think are on top of the tunnel. Yeah, so there's a, a hike. Yeah, there's trails on top. You can do the mm -hmm. hike on top if you want to. It's just a whole lot longer. It's very different. <laughs> <laughs> and then Iron Horse is at the exit, and it's it's kind of just up the slope a little bit. Yeah, it's just a side trail, very easy to get, so you don't yeah. want to miss it. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of a hike, still further out. There's another Boy Scout cache, and then you follow the curve, and then there it is, Mission 9, Tunnel of Light. Impossible to miss. Right. <laughs> it's a pretty large cache. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's, of course, a gigantic story of it going missing, being found mm -hmm. again. So all you have to do is search the Internet for um, a cache and a few keywords and you'll find all of that history. Yeah. So there are a few others. We'll see if we can skim through some of these. We've got uh, another oldie, GCD. That is when it was a one single digit right. uh, letter. <laughs> the D. Yeah, and that's out near Snoqualmie Pass too. So if you're out yeah. doing the ape cache, this will be, you know, maybe on the, the same day or same time frame. Yep. And this is uh, a must have because it's a June 2000. So it's one month after geocaching started, it was placed. And it is, um, it's rated three and a half terrain, which I think some might say is on the low end but I think that's relatively accurate. Uh, it is not an, ex not an extensive lengthy hike, it, but it's a fairly compressed vertical hike. <laughs> you that's a good are way going to, put to it. be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hiking, doing switchbacks up Mount Margaret quite a few times uh, until you get to a forest, and then you get to go through the forest with a few uh, uh, switchbacks as well. And... Uh, but eventually you get to near the top where there's a little, where you can come up and find this uh, oldie large, well, it's a regular size, but it's, it's a fairly large cache um, up there. And then there are a few others around it as well. So you can continue following the trail to, uh, to Margaret, which is a 2013 kind of new one. And you can head all the way up to the top of Mount Margaret for Mount Margaret, <laughs> which uh, was placed in 2021. It's a four terrain. So, and there's a few more around the area and along the trail, mm -hmm. but um, that is uh, another oldie essential. But that that's an afternoon at least uh, that hike and take a lot of water, especially if it's hot. Right, right. Because <laughs> you, you can see how much back and forth. A lot of it is um, uh, dirt trail with some bushes on either side, but it's up, 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 up. There's a couple of spots where it's kind of clear and you can look out, you can see Mount Rainier, I believe, in the distance on one side. Um, and I think there's a bench or two in a couple of spots, if I recall. But it's a, 
it's another one of those hikes that when you're done, you feel accomplished. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Curious KDB makes a good point. You shouldn't do it alone, uh, doing it with a friend on Thursday before the HQ event. Yeah, yeah. that's a good it, idea. It's, yeah, because it's so uh, intense on the, the climbing and the heat, it's safe to do it with people. Now, chances are you're going to be crossing paths with a number of people on that trail, especially this weekend. There's going to be a lot of people doing this cache almost mm -hmm. every day, I would say. Then there are a number of webcam caches. Um, if you're traveling between Geo Woodstock and Seattle, there's a number to get. Some of them uh, you might take a have to take a ferry to get to a certain place where the webcam is, but um, there's plenty where you don't have to get a ferry. So, you know, with the number of webcams decreasing rapidly, it's a really good chance or a really good idea to get what you can, whatever might be along your path and even yeah. a little out of the way of your path. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm considering an out, an out of the way one on my way up to Seattle because they're just that rare. Yep. And, and I know what I did was I did just did a search for webcams in that whole area. And uh, there were quite a lot that I don't yet have. And some I think might take a little bit of effort to get to but you don't want to miss out on them right uh so yeah you can see uh looking at the map here we've got uh bellingham there's one and then you're getting down to everett onto langley and indian island and uh, down into seattle there's uh, uh sr 520 and then downtown high five over i5 some of these you may have already gotten if you've been to the area, but uh, yeah, and there's one way down Morton Logger Cam down before Portland. Uh, so do a search and then look for all of the ones that you haven't got and get them added. Right. And you know, for some of them, like high five on I five, you got to be prepared because the camera switches directions. And mm -hmm. I'm a stickler for rules. I'm not going to take a <laughs> selfie for a webcam cache. That is not what they are. So I have got to be prepared for whatever direction this webcam is facing. Yep. Look at it first and then, and then plan your approach. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, there's one currently in BC that's disabled. <gasps> don't oh, know what's going to happen Don't let it be it. the death. <laughs> <laughs> that's in Victoria on the island. But uh, somebody has gone through and found another camera that could potentially replace it. Uh, because it's the same location, just a different URL. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. hopefully it doesn't get archived. Got to do those. Uh, oh, there, yes, there is another one that an extremely rare opportunity. This is exciting. This is so on my list. <laughs> <laughs> this is Space Flight Academy. It's GC5GT6J. And it is the bonus to an adventure lab, mm -hmm. but it is also a cache with a very, very rare attribute, the partnership attribute. Right. Because uh, it, is, it is a partnership between geocaching and another organization, and so they add that attribute to let people know. And there's only a handful, at least especially yeah, in there's North America. Only, right, there's only four in the United States or North America. I forget which stat, I think United States. And so um, you can't just go adding this icon to your own cache pages. Mm -hmm. um, it is extremely rare. So 
it, it will take admission to the museum, completing the adventure lab, which of course we're going to do that. And then, um, yeah, like Jeff said, it's the bonus to the adventure lab, but it, that's going to be so worth it. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it. Yep. And that's the little, uh, the two hands shaking. That's the partnership attribute. Mm -hmm. If you have that opportunity, I just got that one on my little road trip down to Memphis. Uh, do you get it in Nashville? The, the uh, yes. Yep. That one with the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's only a couple opportunities, so you don't want to miss up. So make sure that one's on your itinerary as well. Right. Now, of course, we have to, uh, to mention HQ's own geo tour. Mm -hmm. It is still up. It's GT29, GT29. Whoops, not that one. <laughs> and these these are great caches um i finished their geo tour years ago and they're all fun caches there used mm -hmm. to be more caches on the tour but because of uh tour changes i actually there's a cache on the tour the virtual that i never got so mm -hmm. that's on my list for getting that Same. so even though i finished the tour um i'm gonna finish the tour again <laughs> And yeah, you get the you get souvenir. I think the uh, GeoCoin you have to purchase, but they have the link to the passport and all that. That's now the one thing that I was hoping I wanted to add to the list, but I was sad, sad to see it has been archived. It's the cherry tree. That was a fun one. It's part of the Geo Tour, but it was archived. The cherry tree. C H A Y R Y. <laughs> Right. It was a tree full of chairs. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's been featured in blogs and videos and all that. And it's it was like one of the staple geocaches you have to find when you're in Seattle at HQ. But yeah, unfortunately, there were some issues and they couldn't find a, a suitable replacement. So right. it was archived back in uh, 2020, October. Right. And, you know, headquarters is in a really... Um, unique neighborhood and they highlight a lot of those unique things with their geo tour but yep. as you're walking around doing the geo tour you will see these really awesome things in their fun neighborhood mm -hmm. yeah so again if you have other caches that you think are essential to find whether because they're super rare or statistically relevant or could help with uh, uh, challenge qualifiers then by all means, let us know, post a comment, send us an email. Uh, we'll see if we can get them added in case people look before heading over to HQ and, you know, for perpetuity's sake as well. Hey, um, I've listened to um, pre-event podcasts and have changed my itinerary, added things in. So yeah, <laughs> all yeah, suggestions yeah, sure. welcome. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we, we can always say, Look, like I said before, you can always look for the uh, the go-to qualifiers like the oldie caches, high favorites, uh, extremely rare DTs. Um, but uh, what I always do is I've got the list of challenges that I'm working towards and the ones especially that require traveling, uh, prioritize searching for those qualifiers, how specific you might need to be to find them, uh, and then see if you can add them to the itinerary if possible. Uh, because that might be your only chance to find and qualify for those challenges. But there's a couple of others that, uh, a couple of other things to search for, I think are relevant, especially to BC and HQ. Mm -hmm. And one of them has to do with altitude, because there are some challenges that require finding caches below sea level 
or super high up on the mountains, like over 2,500 meters, which I don't know what that is in feet for you uh, U.S. people. <laughs> but um, if you are in B.C. or Seattle, those caches that are along the shoreline, chances are they will register as either zero or less than zero, as negative uh, altitude, because... Well, if you look at the uh, terrain map, if the ground is below the level of sea, then those coordinates could register as below sea. If you're like, say, out on a dock or a pier, mm -hmm. then that could count as below sea level. Right. So Take consider, that chance if you're not a coastal dweller. Yeah. Yeah. Consider looking for that. And there is there actually is a tool to help with that. There's nothing that you can really search for altitudes easily because it's an additional uh, additional property that's calculated. So Project GC does have a tool that allows you to search for alt by altitude. So on Project GC, under the tools map, you can go to the live map. It'll start centered on your home location. But if you go to the filters on the top left icon for the live filters, there is an elevation slider. And you can change your elevation. Cool. So let's say we were looking for caches below sea level. It can be kind of tight because it's very sensitive. It's a whole lot of distance to cover in uh, pixels. But let's say negative uh, 10,000 to zero meters. There we go. And then you hit apply. And because it always shows up to 1,000 results, it'll update with uh, the number of caches that are below zero meters. Um, I may have been zoomed out too far. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's head over to, oh, there we go. Yeah, it's, so its algorithm to do the searches is very complex, but um, it will update and do this search and actually show all of the caches that list as below sea level. That's a lot. Isn't that You have handy? a lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah, and notice on the map, if you're listening, there's a map now of... Uh, Victoria and Seattle area and all of these caches that are showing up seem to be along the shoreline. Go figure. <laughs> so that is another tool to make good use of and you can use it for say high altitude. So if I wanted above 2,500 meters because there's one for that you can go 2480 to 10,000 and I think once it's done, oh I was doing a very large search. Let's see if it'll update. Ah, oh, snap. The browser <laughs> crashed. <laughs> um, 2,500 meters and higher. Well, ish. There aren't too many. So there are a few in the mountains in BC. There's a bunch. And then a couple down in uh, the south and the Pacific Northwest. You can see all these high altitude caches. So that's a tool that you might, might want to make use of. Most of these could be long hikes. Uh, and difficult to get to but if you want the altitude there's right. your way and think about way. this yeah no matter what what travels you have in your future mm -hmm. different attributes that you could possibly get that are not available in your home area yeah and uh so the other thing is if you can find those high altitudes with uh with uh, along roadsides or ski hills with lifts that's a prime opportunity that, that'll get you easy, hard caches. Easy, hard caches. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else can we say? Uh, oh, yeah, Seattle is loaded with high favorite caches. Of because course. They're just, yeah. So good chance you'll hit those qualifiers. And, and of course, cache types. If you're at HQ, you've also got HQ, 
which is an icon of its own, mm-hmm. and HQ Celebration. So if you're there next to be its own HQ unique icon. I'm so yeah. pumped for that to have another yeah. icon. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a high icon day, there's another good opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then if your travels take you outside of Seattle even more, there's so many old caches um, in Northern Oregon. So um, that could be even more that you could add to your trip or make a future trip to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot to search for and plan on this on this road trip. But I think it's time we got to get to our games. We got to we gotta yeah. <laughs> give out some prizes. <laughs> uh, we have to figure out what we're actually going to start giving up now because I think we are out of geocoins right now. I know. Yeah, changes, guys. We got to make some changes. <laughs> yes. So we will have some prizes once we figure out what we can give away. Good stuff. So first of all, I think it's time that we get to our uh, wheel of challenges. <laughs> and we are going up right now. So one live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel and have a chance to win the grand prize. To enter, send an email with a subject containing spin me followed by your geocaching username in brackets and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel and your profile will be checked live on Project GC and if you qualify, you win. And now, the question for this month that you will need to answer as fast as you can (laughs) is this. In what city is Geo Woodstock being held this week? <gasps> all right. I hope you all know that. Should and as we were discussing, that. spelling spelling won't count because we we were a little <laughs> unsure of the spelling <laughs> I keep, at first. I keep forgetting how many letters is it? This number? Is it that number? Right. <sighs> and and it's, because it's a proper name, it may or may not get autocorrected and blah. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll that won't matter. Reasonable answers. Yes. <laughs> it is not the capital of no. the, the location, the region. <laughs> <laughs> but let's see, they're starting to roll in. I think I think we can go with the first one, which is correct. Although she did put sping me. <laughs> <with a G. laughs> but I think that's fine. It Perfect. is kitty catch. She All has right. answered the correct Hey, and fun fact, she is in North America listening today, if you will, instead of tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so thanks for, I'm glad you were able to join us. (laughs) So we now have uh, to spin the wheel and see. So we actually had this wheel in physical form at Challenge Academy, which was was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was. So let's spin this wheel and find out what difficulty she's got to qualify. Oh, I missed the spin. <laughs> oh, oh Ooh. my gosh. One star. It is GC53GPC, the mega rare challenge cache. And I think it's mega rare that we hit a one star on this wheel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's so. This was placed 2014, April 26th, four and a half terrain, one difficulty. And it is in the UK. Ooh. The cache, to log the cache, one must have found at least two Terrain 5 caches in one day. But not including five difficulty 5 Terrain, 5-5 five, five caches. Because oh. they can be 
I guess because there's so many liar caches that, you know, five fives are kind of easy. Sure. I guess. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Five, two five terrain caches in one day, not including a five five. And because it's pre moratorium, as a quick review, there is no Project GC checker in the description because it's old. But with the Project GC add on, nah, I remember this time. <laughs> The, uh, that little browser add-on provided by Project GC also shows any checkers that are associated with that GC code that someone might have created for it. So old pre-moratorium caches can have a checker. You can also find them if you search on Project GC for the GC code, but having that add-on really helps. Mm -hmm. So GC Project GC checker, mega rare challenge cache, kitty catch. Uh, oh, in brackets, one word, kitty catch. There we go. <laughs> and run checker. Qualified. Timing. Timing is so important. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you qualified for the one difficulty challenge uh, back in August uh, 30th of 2015. Yay! Who knew? Back on that date. <laughs> it would count for this. <laughs> So we'll be in touch, and then uh, we'll get you your prize ASAP. Uh, so we also like to quickly, we'll highlight a couple of caches for uh, monthly challengers. Uh, we like to highlight a congratulatory shout-out to listeners who also email us, email us proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cache since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com uh, with the GC code having a found log uh, will be entered into the prize giveaway. And you know what was so, so unique this month was so many folks told us that they qualified for this challenge based on their trip to Cash Fest or mm -hmm. they found it during Cash Fest or their trip to Cash Fest. So Cash Fest played a huge part in this month's qualifying caches for a lot of folks. And I just, I, I loved it. Thank you all for sharing that as a part of your yeah. quest. It was great. So our first one we will highlight. I thought this was kind of entertaining. Is this GC is entertaining. 9F2, 9F72D. It is the JCCS Cash for the Border Challenge. Chicken. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> but the challenge cash uh, is attainable by many cashers. This is at the posted coordinates. Uh, to meet their requirements, you must find a cache in Georgia and all of the states that border Georgia. As well as all of the states that border all of the states all the that, states border, that Georgia. border Georgia. I know. At first I read that, I'm like, what? Am I, is that a duplicate? But no, I love it. I love it. It's a good idea, and it's fun to say. It is fun to say. And, and so they've got the list of all the states that you need to find caches in. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. And it's a three and a half difficulty. So this was sent in by Sims Quest. Nice one. And yeah, she said uh, that it was uh, found because of Cash Fest. Cash Fest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got one in from Team Tailwagger, and it is GC4D PVJ, the Reaching the Peak Challenge. And this one was published 2013, pre moratorium. Oh, images are not available. Tiny Pick is not around anymore. Uh, requirements to log this cache, you must have at least one cache that is or was located one mile above sea level. And glad they put 5,280 feet. It's one mile. I don't know what one mile is. 
But I realized before the show, one mile. We always say point one mile for the, the proximity. And uh-huh. that's 528 feet. So one mile, 10 times more than that. 5,280 feet. Exactly. And uh, so you've got to find that. Just, just one above that elevation. So not hard, but... Yeah, well, probably not hard. I don't know. I don't know what is hard. It's different from region to region. It really uh, is. If, if you live in Nevada, I can't remember what the average altitude is for all of those desert roadsides, but it's up there. <laughs> so good one sent in from Team Tailwagger. You've got, always got to have altitude challenges, and that's another one you can search for uh, on your road trip to out west if you're heading to those events. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have one GC4APAP sent in from Neil Moore. It is the 1020 challenge. And this one is from 2013, five difficulty. The challenge is for those well-traveled cachers who have found at least 10 caches in at least 20 different states or provinces. And that's a traveler's cache, but he also mentions that um, in his recent trip to Memphis, he was able to up his numbers in Mississippi, Missouri, and Tennessee, which pushed him into qualifying. Another cash best success story. (laughs) That's right. And it's another one that uh, you may not necessarily pay attention to uh, for road trips. Uh, So what I've done is on all those challenges that I'm working towards or know of, I actually tag them as like a traveling challenge. So I know if I'm going somewhere distant, I've got to look at this challenge. It may or may not be relevant to where I'm going, but I'm not going to forget to look at that Right, one. right. Make a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another congrats for the uh, Memphis Cash Fest trip. Uh, next up, we have one from Star Cacher. It's GC89Y2F, the Mega Sawbuck Challenge. And, well, hey, because... <laughs> this is all about events and meeting these uh, requirements at mega events. This one is from 2019 in Ohio, Fulton County, near Midwest Geobash, where you have to have attended 10 mega events. Now, that, that could be super rare as well. It could be. And he <laughs> made a comment that, it, that it's comments. true. And it, it was kind of a, a, a situation in my life for a while where I had gone to large-sized events but I had never been to a mega event um, because mm-hmm. these large sized events had different qualifiers than a mega. And so mm-hmm. he had, I think he said nine megas and a giga. So even though he had a giga, it didn't count for this challenge until we hit that 10th mega. Yep. And I don't think it doesn't, it doesn't include gigas. It has to be mega events. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was my understanding. So, mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, definitely one also to watch for. If you're attending all of these events that are out this year, uh, we have one more. This one is sent in from Merlin 1392. It is GC9E0KV, the Mile High Challenge, three difficulty. It is from 2021 Post Moratorium, and it's in Indiana. And in this one, uh, the cache is at the post coordinates. In order to claim the find, you must have found 20 caches at or above one mile. <laughs> mile <high> challenge. <laughs> so we have a one and then we have a 20. So, so many qualify for this one. You qualify for the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, see, that's the other thing. If you, 
if you can sort your challenges to all the same uh, types of requirements and then work for the hardest one, you can qualify for all the other easy right. ones. Right, right. <laughs> yep. So uh, that one's in Indiana from Steve Pre2. So altitudes, something to watch for when you're going out west. If you Good got a day. Get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, those are uh, those are some of the ones that were sent and there were a whole lot more and we love to get them from you. So as always, we like to hear from you. So make sure that you send in an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com uh, with your challenge caching finds. One, so we can highlight them and two, so you can have a chance to win. So Let's remember to send them in before, yeah, before next month's show. And this month's monthly challenge winner, let's get the drum roll. Is Neil Moore. Yay! Congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> we will once again be in touch to, uh, uh, to get you your prize ASAP. And we have covered everything for this show. And I think we've kind of hit our time just about yeah. average <laughs> it's tough to get everything into one show <gasps> we have so much good stuff to talk about yeah so thank you everybody for uh tuning in again this month the next show is september 4th the first sunday of every month so be sure to mark that on your calendar and uh show notes as always will be posted to the description uh, shortly after the show and well as always Thank you for watching and listening. And remember, it's not about the numbers. It's about the challenge. That's right. Hey, we'll see so many of you in the Pacific Northwest real soon. Can't wait. Yes. Yep. Have a good one. See you next time. Bye.